This is the ZMAR Podcast. Elite Benefits of America helps small and mid-sized companies with their health insurance programs. And now, your host, Butch ZMAR. Welcome back to the ZMAR Podcast. I have a very special guest today, Carrie Espinoza. She's a uh, peer in our industry. We share space on an industry board, and we have a lot of collaboration, not only from a board perspective, industry perspective, but small business advocacy. Like we toss ideas back and forth, but I'm pretty excited to have you on the show, Carrie. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you, Butch, for the opportunity to be here today. Can you give our audience a little bit of background on who Carrie is and a little bit about Horizon and what you guys do over there? Yeah, so um, my name is Carrie Espinosa. I own Horizon Benefit Services. I've been in the insurance industry since 2003. Started helping folks with their Medicare insurance in 2008. Um, prior to that, we did employee benefits, evolved into the Medicare arena, and then also the Affordable Care Act. We're a hire to retire solution. And uh, I live in Lake County, Illinois with my husband and two boys and spend a lot of time with my grandma. Awesome. I think we've been in the industry about equal number of years. Uh, you could probably attest to um, the amount of changes that have occurred in the last almost 20 years that we've been both in the uh, business. <laughs> Change is the only constant in what we do, isn't it, Bush? <laughs> Uh, 100%. And one of those changes, right, uh, we're leading into the Medicare open enrollment. And I know um, we were going to talk a little bit about the Inflation Reduction Act, a little bit related to uh, Medicare. What are some highlights that uh, you took out from the law? I know you participate in a lot of ledge updates for our local chapter, but what, what have you picked up so far as far as this um, related to Medicare and your clients? Yeah, so specifically related to healthcare, the um, Inflation Reduction Act has some, some major implications. Let me just say first, too, that um, it's, this started as the $3.5 trillion Build Back Better bill, and Democrat Cinema in Mansion were sort of the holdouts. It did wind up getting through um, the, the Senate as the Inflation Reduction Act and a $430 $430 billion bill um, passed the Senate, passed the House, and then was signed into law by the President on August 16th. Um, what it does specifically in regards to Medicare is it allows the federal government to negotiate some of the highest spending drugs covered under Medicare. So currently, the non-interference clause of 2003 prevents that negotiation. Um, the CBO has not released the final estimates, but as, as of mid-July, it's estimated to save about $100 billion for Medicare beneficiaries between 2026 and 2031. It's also important to know that it requires drug companies to pay rebates if prices, drug prices rise faster than inflation for prescriptions used specifically by Medicare beneficiaries. Um, only certain drugs are going to qualify the high-spending brand drugs and biologics without generic or, bio or biosimilar equivalents are um, what they're targeting. And they generally must be on the market for 9 or 13 years, depending on which category of drug they are. Um, in September 2023, we'll know which drugs are selected for that negotiation. A couple other impacts. A $2,000 cap on Medicare Part C out-of-pocket spending in 2025. Um, it's going to limit monthly cost sharing for insulin products to $35 for Medicare beneficiaries, which, you know, um, the prior administration also did under the Senior Savings Act. 
it eliminates cost sharing for adult vaccines covered under Medicare Part D. Um, many vaccines are already covered under Medicare. However, the shingles vaccine is a big one that isn't and a big surprise for folks. So that will be one of the new vaccines covered. And then it also um, delays implementation of the Trump administration's rebate rule. Uh, quite a list. Uh, I appreciate you um, being a little prepared for that one. But um, one of the biggest things I know I got a phone call on, and I don't know if you received any phone calls, but literally less than 24 hours, and it was over the weekend, I think it was a Sunday, I got several phone calls because of the new cap on the diabetes medications. And they were like, when does it start? And I was like, wow, it just passed. I haven't read the details, but uh, let me get back to you. And obviously the next business day, I was able to track it down that we're going to start seeing, like you had said, uh, start seeing some of those prescription savings in the 2023 um, upcoming uh, open enrollment and renewals. We will. Now, keep in mind, under the prior administration, too, there was the, the Insulin state, the Senior Savings Act and the insulin um, benefits, right? Not all carriers participated and not all plans participated. So I think the, the big no for consumers or what they want to know is, does this apply across the board? Is it only going to apply to certain, certain insulins, all insulins? We went into, you probably do as well, but, you know, like it'll cover Lantus but Ozempic might not be covered, right? So, yeah, I think, and I think a lot of times with the government legislatively, what they intend and how things are implemented can be a little bit different. So we will need to pay close attention to how this rolls out. Obviously, we're coming up on the open enrollment for the senior markets. It starts, um, technically, it starts October 1st for some window shopping. October 15th, you could start picking plans and it runs through December 7th. But I know you're a lot more involved in the Medicare world than I am, but, but what are, you, are you seeing anything yet in the 2023 market that maybe some of the listeners here that may be shopping for the Medicare or maybe some employers that have some older, wiser employees that may be looking at the option of moving on Medicare? Is there some things that already popped the mind um, as you start reviewing some of the 2023 material? Yeah, so I see um, continued increased opportunities for beneficiaries to participate in Medicare Advantage plans. Um, it looks like there's going to be more plans than even in the year prior and some enhancements to the current plans. Um, for folks who are on Medicare supplement plans or employees who are on MedSup and they have a standalone drug plan, uh, they're going to want to pay very, very close attention to whether or not their drug plan is going to be available as it is um, now in 2023. Sometimes uh, insurance companies retire their current drug plan and introduce new plans for the upcoming year. And nobody wants to be stuck in that gotcha position where the carrier um, they call it crosswalking, crosswalks you over to the plan, not necessarily that meets the same price point as what you're paying now, but the, a similar formulary. So, you know, you've seen this. Plans go from $14 to $60. That's a big gotcha that consumers really want to pay attention to. For sure. And most of the, uh, or all of the current insurance companies, if they're currently enrolled in a program in September, they should be receiving their renewal packet in the mail and it should list out um, their drug costs that they could start doing some preliminary work and, and see where some of that is. And then of course the premium increases, you don't really want to ghost the renewal um, because I'm sure you got those phone calls too, January comes and they're two weeks into January and they're like, hey, uh, I just noticed my checking account was charged more than I was last year. 
<laughs> yeah, that, that's never a pleasant call for us, and it's never a pleasant surprise for the consumer, right? Right, exactly. The insurance companies will soon be sending out their annual notice of change. It's called an ANOC, and consumers absolutely want to pay attention to that and see if their plan changing dramatically. How are the formulary changes going to affect them, right? And then from the employer perspective, too, this is also a very busy season. You know this, Butch, from all of your employers getting ready to renew. Employers want to be really thoughtful about their Medicare population and how they have their contribution set and whether it um, makes sense to bring in a resource to talk to employees about Medicare and make that an option um, alongside of the employee benefit package. And, and Carrie, uh, I appreciate your time. Carrie is obviously in the employee benefits and Medicare space and there's a lot of things that go involved with uh, what we do. And so just a small discussion, like every year we have to go through some element of training to get recertified for all this stuff. And that's one reason why we stay up to speed on a lot of things. Sure, we're involved in a local uh, industry chapter and it forces us to, uh, to stay updated because we rub elbows with those people um, in the in that group. But, but for our own client base and... Um, there's a lot of stuff that we have to go through. There's testing we have to go involve, and not every broker does this. And so one thing I wanted just to point out, and you can um, provide some comments on it, is that not every broker um, goes through this training for the Medicare planning and making sure they're up to speed. It separates the competition a little bit, but these are some of the things that I think um, consumers need to look out for when it comes to Medicare planning. Oh, absolutely. Actually, early on in my Medicare experience, I you know kind of questioned myself, whether or not it made sense to go through all of the certification, all of the training to be able to help Medicare beneficiaries, because to your point, Butch, it's a bit overwhelming. So, you know, we get through our AHIP, and then we do our carrier training, and then we have to do all of the rollout. Um, but you know as well as I do, Medicare actually drives a lot of the healthcare system and health insurance system. So the more we can know about that, the better we can serve our clients. You know, when consumers are, are shopping Medicare brokers, they do definitely want to ask, you know, how long have you been certified? What carriers do you represent? What um, products do you recommend? A good broker, you know this, but because you and I operate very similarly, isn't going to say, I recommend one thing over the other until we understand what the client's need is. 100%. And and you bring up, uh, one, you know, a good point because I know some even benefits agents or even um, our counterparts in the property and casualty world that sell auto, home, and business insurance where they, they'll they sell Medicare products, but then they limit themselves. They either don't do the test and tell them to just go get your prescription drug on your own. But but one thing you had pointed out that I think is very valid of asking the question, uh, how many insurance companies um, are they appointed with to sell Part D or the Medicare Advantage plans? We can't get contracted with every carrier. A couple of reasons. One is we have limited time and capacity to do all the training because each one requires it. The other reason is some of them don't pay any commissions to or um, any fees to the broker. And so there's little skin in the game for us because we're not making anything. But you bring up a point because some of them just go out and they just do one carrier. And, they're, and, and most of the beneficiaries that work with them are not aware of it until they ask. That's absolutely right, Butch. And, um, you know, my insurance career actually started with a multi-line carrier where we sold auto, home, life, health, business. And you can't be, uh, you know, uh, at least for me, I didn't want to be a jack-of-all-trades and a master of none. Um, when you get behind the scenes into the Medicare arena, as you and I do, 
my goodness, you know, the, the devil's in the details and knowing the difference between plans and understanding the nuances really helps us better serve our of our customers. And so one of the thoughts that was coming to mind when you were saying that is um, there's so many nuances with all these insurance companies. And even with us, as we tried to educate ourselves to make it better for the client experience to make sure they're in a good spot and, and their exact situation, like you said, that we, we kind of get a big picture of what their current situation and every, the situation is the boss. Not everybody's going to be the same, but well, having access to resources. So like um, in certain situations, and you probably run across this where we have broker tools, the to shop for the prescription drug or the Medicare Advantage, and something just doesn't stick, you know, like something standing out that it just doesn't look right. Well, well, we because we're resourceful, we have contacts. We go through, I mean, we call them general agencies. I usually tell our clients they're like wholesalers, but we call them and, you know, what's going on with this one prescription drug? And they'll probably give us some insight on what's going on, maybe a price change or maybe a different product might be better and then give us some uh, feedback on that. You're right. It's a very intuitive process, right? So yes, the data definitely tells the story, but there's also a level of experience and intuition that allows brokers like you and I to say, Hmm, hold on a minute. Is that right? And I so appreciate you always being available for a phone call when I come across something like that and saying, Hey, Butch, does this look right? And we kind of dive into it together. Know that, you know, while we're both in the same space, we do similar things. Having that friendship and that camaraderie really helps me be a better broker. So thank you. I appreciate you. If you own a business, Elite Benefits of America wants to remind you that health insurance open enrollments are either happening now or coming very quickly. And this is the time to review and implement a health care plan to make or keep you as the employer of choice. Deadlines for open enrollment range between November 1st and January 1st. Get ahead of the curve. The Small Business Special Enrollment Period, part of the Affordable Care Act, now allows employers with 49 employees and under to offer health benefits without contributing a dime to the employee plan. Help your employees save money on taxes with health insurance they're already paying for with their hard-earned dollars. Butch Zemar from Elite Benefits of America wants you to reach out to him today. Visit EliteBenefits.net or call 708-535-3006. Fourth quarter is coming up, which is our biggest, busiest time, not only because of the Medicare open enrollments, we have the under 65, and then we also have the small group open enrollments. Obviously, we're getting renewals throughout the year. You know, some of the fully insured markets, you know, we're seeing between, you know, 8% and maybe 15%. But some of the things that we walk them through is kind of like, um, you know, just kind of see where they're at, what their game plans, what their goals are, see where they're headed in 2023. And what I'm finding is that some of the um, employers, smaller employers we're talking to are, are just want everything to kind of stay, stay low. They don't want any more changes because of all the things that's happened in the last couple of years. What are you starting to see as we move into I think we just got November renewals. We're working on December's, and and so um, here we here we go for busy times. Yeah, well, and, and you and I chat about this a lot, right? So, um, Buca, Blue Cross, United Healthcare, Cigna, Humana, Aetna, they sort of control the fully insured space, especially in the small group market. Um, you know, the, the price is what drives the satisfaction and the amount of the renewal increase. Um, that's where. You know, our focus and your focus on the level funding and finding alternative solutions that can really put the customer, the employer, back in control of their healthcare spend and how their employees 
use their health care is really, you know, really going to be instrumental. I'm expecting, and I don't know this, but just, you know, based on Carrie's basic knowledge and economics, you know, we didn't get, to your point, 8 to 15% increases this year. They weren't extraordinary. There was also a, a lot of um, delayed care still in 2020, right, 2021, I mean, because of COVID. So that's where we're getting the 2022 renewals. Now, this last year, there were a lot of elective surgeries that there, that were put on hold that have now been completed. It's going to be interesting to see how the rates come out since there was so, so much pent-up demand that was probably um, satisfied this last year. Now they're seeing an opportunity. Uh, this is like the first full year of less regulation, so to speak. So um, there's a little bit more freedom. And then some people are saying, hey, I, let me wish you get this checked out because, you know, I, I put it off too long and now it's really starting to bother me. Yeah, we're seeing some of that too. And the other thing I always point out when some people complain, they're like, wow, a 10% or 15%. But they also have to realize their entire employee base actually just went up by one year. And so everybody got older. So the premium goes up. Um, I always say because they're worth more, but you figure a 10% increase because they're one year older isn't terrible uh, because they're, there's higher risk at a certain point. So, But as a small business, sometimes it's hard to chew because they're trying to keep expenses low and they're still trying to do what uh, the whole reason they got into business. Right. Well, and, and you know this as well as I do, Butch, why is health insurance expensive? Because health care is expensive, right? So <laughs> it, it's like when you go buy a gallon of milk and the cost goes from, you know, two for four to two for five. Yeah, we, we complain about that. And it doesn't make us happy. And when we go get a box of cereal, we don't even notice the increase because the box got a little bit smaller. The price didn't necessarily go up. But in healthcare, um, man, there's not those, you know, those the, the same cost controls. And we're, we're going to see healthcare costs go up in the current environment just to satisfy, you know, increasing co- electric costs for the doctors, right? The hospitals, their heat bills are going up, their electricity. Um, everything's got to keep pace. And I think sometimes as consumers, right? So let's take you and I out of our broker role. And just as consumers, it just feels like everything's going up. But there's things that we can do to manage that to make it less impactful, especially in the healthcare space. I know one thing that we, we, we started out saying about how much change we um, have gone through, but you know, our role as a broker has changed throughout the years. And uh, we discuss this all the time. Like we we become like this concierge service for clients, um, and our compensation really doesn't go up in the uh, in the meantime as well. But but our our role has changed, right? So we went from you know brokers of you know just placing insurance products to being an advocate for them, and it could be as you know an employee having a claim issue. It could be um, trying to reduce costs in their healthcare spend. It could be. Um, you know, wellness programs or other HR related stuff. And so our role is definitely changing to a degree where we got to keep up to speed and help these clients even more. Well, and to your point a few minutes ago, right, about Medicare, not all brokers are created equal. That's true in this employer space too. And while you and I have uh, looked at the employers and said, how can we serve you and what do you need help with? And we've stepped outside of just let me help you buy insurance, right? Yes, we're definitely helping them with their HR needs. We're definitely helping them with their other needs. Um, I had a, a one of my group clients push back on me uh, last last month. We went through the renewal, and she said, you know, I'm expecting more out of my my uh, supplier relationships um, as my, my business grows. And I said, well, 
that's great. I want to provide you with more. However, you know, in a five-life group, I can't schedule three open enrollment meetings or even two open enrollment meetings. We've got to kind of keep it to an an efficient point for both of us because to your point, Butch, if it's a fully insured Affordable Care Act plan, we've not gotten an increase in our commission since 2014, right? It's 2022. We're doing more for less, and you and I are trying to make the best of it and stretch that, but we also have to look at how do we continue to provide that level of service that our clients are accustomed to and stay in business. Right. So 100%. And I know we recently went back and forth on this um, because you talk about streamlining, but we had to start pointing out what the employer's responsibilities because there was a lot of things that we were taking on. And I'm sure you could vouch for this, too, where we're taking on trying to do it. But to make our job easier, they still had to do their part of it. They we, we made it too easy for them for a little while. But you're right. We have to start streamlining and providing a level of service and then obviously transparency. Um, and so one thing I, I like about commission disclosures that was, you know, we all had to start doing since December last year was when we disclose these commissions. And then if you had discussions with the employer about it, all of a sudden they're completely shocked at how little we're paid. Yeah, isn't that a surprise? Totally. Yeah. They're like, what? You're, you're, that's all you're getting paid? I'm like, yeah, should I balance bill you for this year? Uh, and yeah, us- right. Yeah, it usually starts a calm, uh, a, at least some humor into it. But as our, our roles are evolving, we are moving to, and we have to go to more fee base, right? Because we can't provide some limited HR support or concierge service or benefit administration system or um, even uh, like a beck and call service kind of deal with some of these employers because they're growing um, and expanding so fast that they need us. They need our cell phones just in case we need um, immediate action. And so, but that's going to come with a cost at some point, but that's what the transparency is. And so that they know exactly what's going on. Yeah. And I think this is something you and I continue to try to refine how to do this, right? Because we're not trying to take advantage of, of anybody, but we're also trying to make sure that we're able to keep our lights on and pay our, you know, pay our heat bills and serve our clients with a, with a high level of care and attention. And definitely, you know, as insurance companies consolidate their customer service teams that we have, uh, we have less support from the insurance companies, but we're providing more support to the client. It really puts things out of balance and we've got to work smarter, not harder. For sure. And um, we have a right to grow just like our clients do, right? So as we expand uh, and evolve our practice, we have payroll to worry about, payroll taxes, overhead, some more licenses um, and whatnot. And Speaking of growth, can you share a little bit of the excitement that uh, Horizon has had in the last, um, I think it's 30 days. It might be even longer than now that you guys moved to a new location and you guys are expanding yourself. Yeah. So, I mean, we've just been blessed beyond measure. So we moved from um, our office in Waukegan to an office condo in Gurney with some great signage on Grand Avenue. Um, Kristen is my right hand. I've got Vanessa, who is my left hand. And we are now adding another person to our team as well, um, starting Monday, through the program of workforce development, which you and I, you know, talked about a little bit. Um, but, you know, but here, here's the thing, and you and I are of the same mindset, right? We're better together, and we're better when we have people contributing to the cause and making a difference, not just for our agencies, but for our clients, because, you know, it, it matters. And congratulations on, on that success of growing and uh for those who are listening to our uh, podcast, Carrie, can you um, provide your contact information if they want to expand the conversations we had here or if somebody needs to reach out and need some assistance based on some of the topics we discussed? How do they get in touch with you? My phone number is 
7466115. We live answer whenever possible. If everybody's on other lines, we can't, but we'll call you back um, same day. Our address is 5445 Grand Avenue, number, uh, suite number 207 in Gurney, 60031. Our website is uh, Horizon Benefit Services. Benefit is singular, services is plural.com. So if you have friends without benefits, we can help with that. Sounds good. Hey, Carrie, I appreciate your time this morning. I know it was a little bit early, but we'll have you back on and give some updates maybe after we push through the, the next three months uh, during our busy season. So I appreciate you being on. Well, I appreciate all that you do, Butch. And um, thanks for your friendship and thank you for, you know, being a trusted colleague.